absolutely wonderful. Appreciate it. My name is Dick. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Covenant Church, and I too want to welcome you to our worship service this morning. It's a very special vacation Bible school, a little chaotic kind of worship service, but God is in the midst of all of our chaos as he was this past week. There's a lot of things you all could be doing this morning, a nice sunny morning, and it's only going to get hotter as the day goes on, but you all chose to be here worshiping our Lord and Savior, so thank you. And if you are a guest with us, we'd encourage you to complete a Connect card, um, and if you can hand it in to Greg or to me, um, we have a gizmo or a gadget we want to give you, so uh, please complete it and hand it in, that would be wonderful. Now I want to echo some of the comments made this past week was absolutely blessed. It was such a joy to spend time with the kids and the volunteers, and, and I personally have to thank Gretchen Newark. Um, Gretchen and I, for the second, yeah, no kidding, Greg, good choice. For the second year in a row, Gretchen got stuck with me as her kind of helper person. And you notice Gretchen was the one up here doing all the motions. Um, I was going to sit there, but you, you knew them all. It was great. But our kids were wonderful, as were all the kids. So thank you for sharing your kids with us in this past week of Vacation Bible School. Now, it was mentioned Thursday night that we had our barbecue and the families all came, bounce house out. The Sumner High School band actually came and entertained us. The fire department came by to make sure that we knew they were helping put out fires in the neighborhood. It was just an exciting night. But we served hot dogs. Now, with gadgets and gizmos made for a purpose, I went online because I figured there had to be something that would really help us when it came to serving hot dogs. So I want to share with you this gadget is going to help serve hot dogs. So please. particular gizmo wasn't particularly successful, but wouldn't it be nice if something like that really did work? Maybe you could have the ketchup one and the mustard one and the relish one and just run them. Oh, it'd be great. Absolutely wonderful. Well, I have another gadget here. Many of you may have one of these, a simple label maker. Now, we don't use this very much at our house, but I have to tell you in the last few weeks, we've really had to use it because our universal remote lost its programming. Now, if you don't know what a universal remote is, it really makes your life a lot easier. So now we don't have the one remote. Now we have to use not one, two, three, but we use five remotes. It is not fun around our house. So we have them all labeled, and we have them one, two, three, four, five. In the order, you have to turn them on and off. So labels really do help, don't they? And we have labels on all kinds of things we live with. Here's mini Chips Ahoy. Um, we realize these are not give, good to give to your uh, four and uh, six, eight, six-year-old? How old's our old? Four and seven-year-old grandkids are with us all week for VBS. You don't want to give them to them right before dinner or right before bedtime, especially. Um, and it's really good. There's all kinds of good information. It says there's 150 calories. Of course, there's five servings in this one little thing. So... And hey, Rick, you wanted this, so I'm going to set it right here. You could, you could have it. 
if you could beat the kids up here afterwards, okay? Now, when we were in Tucson, oh, 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 oh. come on, now, you at least got to give him a chance, okay? Whoa, he's, he's a little older, and he's maybe a little slower. Maybe a lot slower, or a lot older. Oh, he's trying to hear. Oh, no, no. Here, we're going to give him a handicap, okay? We'll put it right there. No, 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 you got to wait till we're all done, okay? And you have to wait too, Rick, okay? So when we lived in Tucson, Arizona, and we lived at Lake Tahoe, we never had to use this product, but this is Sluggo. It kills slugs and snails. Now around here, we got to have Sluggo or something similar. But what amazes me on this label, it says, can be used around pets and wildlife. It kills slugs and snails. How can you use it around pets and wildlife? And then there's this warning. Causes eye irritation, avoid contact with eyes, clothing, or skin. You know, the label's telling us a little more on the back than what it says on the front can be used around pets and wildlife. And how about this? You get something without a label. You know, there are times <laughs> this does us absolutely no good, does it? Now, it might be kind of fun to open and figure out what's in it. it might be nice to know whether it's old or good. Now, I will admit, I, I took this out of our pantry, and it's garbanzo beans. I made sure I wrote it on the bottom so we know what it is. But we need labels, don't we? Labels help us. They give us information, and they help us get around and along. Now, who can label something? Who can label something? So probably the creator can label something, right? Henry Ford made the Model T, and it's... The Ford Motor Company named it after himself. Um, when I get a new book, I almost always put a label on the very front or on the second page. Now, I do that in some remote hope that if I loan the book to someone, I may get it back. Now, it's a remote hope, but it's still a hope. Now, if you are the owner of something or you purchased it, you can also name it. So most people who have yachts name their yachts. Even commercial airplanes have been named in smaller airplanes. My wife, Mary Kay, drives a, a Mini, not the real small Mini. We figured she could never get out of it again, but the bigger Mini. And uh, in, the mini, in, the, in the Mini culture, people name their cars. And so Mary Kay's Mini is called Madeline, and we call her Maddie for short. And so it's just Maddie. But you can name it because it's yours. Now, sometimes as human beings... Uh, we get labeled. We get named. And some labels and some names are absolutely great. Charismatic, creative, intelligent, innovative, an entrepreneur, an athlete. Those are, those are great, great labels, aren't they? But there are other labels that may be placed upon us that may not be that good. Dull, slow, uncoordinated, not popular. And that's sad. Those are difficult labels. And then probably each and every one of us at one time or another in our lives, maybe we even labeled ourselves. And maybe we did good labels, like, yes, I can accomplish this. Yes, I can get into graduate school. Make sure they don't sneak all the way to the mini chips. Oh, Rick, you're watching, right? Okay, good, good. You know, we can label ourselves really positive things. Help us as we go through life. But sometimes we even self-label ourselves. I can't do that. 
I could never accomplish that. I won't go across that particular chasm because it's too frightening. I won't even apply to graduate school. I won't apply for a job because there's no way I could get that job ever. But you know the reality is, there's only one person who can truly label you and me. And that's the person who created us, who made us. And that's our Lord and Savior. And He is the only one that could label us and the only one that could name us. Now, that's been our theme throughout VBS. And we're going to take a look at just three aspects of how God created us, how we were created and made to be in relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we were made to do good works that our light would shine, that others may see the good works we do, and they could be drawn closer to Christ. Now, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. And that's why Greg said kind of look at Verse 10, because that really is the three points that I'm going to be sharing ever so briefly this morning. Now, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. It's going to be on the screens, also on page 18, 19 in your pew Bibles. I encourage you to follow along silently as I read aloud. Hear the words of the Apostle Paul and listen to God's message to you and to me. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Please join with me in prayer. Uh, gracious and loving God, we do thank you for the privilege that we have of being here with you enjoying the kids who are part of Vacation Bible School, learning what they may have learned a little bit. But more importantly, Lord, we pray your spirit indwell each of us, that we might hear your message this day. And Lord, we can apply it in our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, number one, we are God's handiwork. Our passage says that. Other translations say we are God's masterpiece. If we look at the language a little deeper, it's as if we are a, a created piece of art, unique and special, that God made each one of us. Now, this isn't a piece of art that sits on a shelf to be admired. It's a piece of art that God created with a purpose. Now, over the past four weeks, Pastor Kurt and Pastor Steve as well have been looking at Psalms, and uh, the series has been named Amazed. And I want to continue a little bit with that theme of amazed in Psalms by looking at Psalm 139. And we're going to be looking at verses 13 to 16. And this is a wonderful, wonderful look at just how much God cares for you and me as he created us as to who we are. So this is David, King David sharing. And again, Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Unique, special created by God. Now, Tammy, during some of our group lessons this past week, shared an illustration about the eye and just how complicated the eye is with the kind of 
mechanical aspects of the eye, the number of cells and how they're special for different things and cones. And I almost dozed off because it was way too complicated. So I want to share with you another part of our body that's really important. And I'm going to let somebody else share that with us. Please. I cut my finger this morning and it's bleeding. But if I put this band-aid on, it'll stop in a while. Did you ever wonder how it happens? I mean, does blood just stop because that's what it's supposed to do? Why doesn't our blood clot before we get a cut? I guess we just died because all our blood would harden up and stop flowing. Did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder why? Blood clotting is a very complex process involving thousands and millions of triggers that have to act just perfectly with one another to create the final outcome. Let me see if I can tell you how this works. First, you get a little cut like mine. Imagine you're in my bloodstream. There's a bunch of traffic going on, and pretend you're floating around a kajillion other red blood cells, all with oxygen backpacks. Everything slows down when you get near the cut. This is called vascular constriction. In short, your body limits the flow near the cut because it knows something is wrong. And of course, you feel pain. So, a protein in your body called fibrinogen arrives on scene. Fibrinogen is primarily responsible for stimulating platelet clumping. Thrombin essentially cuts off the ends of the fibrinogen. Platelets clump by binding to collagen. Upon activation, platelets release adenosine 5-diphosphate, ADP, and TXA2, which activate additional platelets, serotonin, phospholipids, proteins, and other important proteins for the coagulation cascade. Activated platelets change their shape to accommodate the formation of the plug. Oh, sorry, I digress. Anywho, this complex thing called the Stewart factor converts prothrombin to thrombin, thereby converting fibrinogen to fibrin. By the way, the Stewart factor wasn't active until it was activated by the Christmas factor. Okay, there's a lot more to this process, like this goes there, binding, receptate, who knows what. It's very complicated. But the net result is a clot. Stops the bleeding, cut heals, clot dissolves, you're on your way. Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? Now, rest assured, your salvation doesn't require you remember everything she said. But, you know, isn't that amazing? Just looking at blood clotting, what it takes in order for our blood to clot. And I loved your question, why doesn't it clot here, but it only clots there? You know, I struggle with people who say that we just happened by accident. There was a big bang, or there was a single cell that happened, and... You listen to that, and you go, what? That wasn't happenstance. And even if you kind of hold to those views, where did the Big Bang start with, and where did that first cell start with? There has to be that first mover, that, that creator. And it is that God, the God who could name us, the God who could label us, who loved us so much to develop our bodies that when they work well, and trust me, any of us who have been on blood thinners, we know that's not fun because our blood decides not to coagulate. We get bruised. But when our bodies work well, that's the way it should be. Fearfully and wonderfully created. 
And we were fearfully and wonderfully created to be in Christ Jesus. To be in Christ Jesus. Our text wonderfully says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are made for a purpose, and part of our purpose is to be in that relationship with Christ Jesus. To accept him, not because we've earned it, but to accept the gift that is offered in and through his sacrifice. And when we begin that process, we begin to be perfected. And uh, for those of us that kind of come out of the Presbyterian tradition, uh, we aren't perfected immediately. We're kind of perfected one molecule at a time. And upon death and coming in to be with Jesus, then we're finally perfected. But we are changed when we come in relationship. We're changed. And it changed in a very positive way. And we come into that relationship, we are promised life now and life abundantly. Not that we have everything we want, not that we have everything we need, but we have what is necessary. And we're promised life eternal. A few weeks ago, I did a memorial service in the Spokane area for an acquaintance who died in a, a tragic accident with a hang glider. And it was a very, very difficult service for me to do. Now, this individual was almost a renaissance man. At age 45, he decided to become a professional firefighter. He was hired by Spokane. Um, that's a tough thing to do at age 45, but he did it. He was an artist, and he did music, and he wrote. But all through his life, he made it abundantly clear that he did not believe in God. Period. Now, when we do a service for someone who is that blatant about it, we can share the gospel with everyone, but it's really hard to have that promise of life eternal for that individual. Now, we don't know his heart. We can have that hope that he, at some point he truly knew Jesus, but we don't know, and it's so difficult to do a service for someone who doesn't profess faith in Christ. So we are created fearlessly and wonderfully by God. We are created and made to be in relationship with Jesus. And we are created and made for good works. Now, I love the song that was just done. Did we sing that in VBS? I missed it. Oh, I must have been dozing off. Did you let me take a nap or something? I missed that one. But I love that song because that is so true. When we come into faith with Christ... We begin that process of doing what he wants us to do. Begin following his teachings and living out that faith in the world. And I loved for uh, one of our um, exercises with our fifth grade kids, and I'm sure probably some of the other kids did it as well, we gave them a stack of popsicle sticks and said, just keep writing ways you could be the light in the world to the kids around you. And here are just a few things that our kids wrote. To care about others. To sit with someone who's alone. Donate clothes to the needy. Uh, let's see. Oh, treat others as you want to be treated. Be their friend. Water your neighbor's plants. Just a few of the, the, they have like 60 ideas they wrote down. Absolutely great ideas of little ways when you start putting them together that will help people to see that you are the light of the world. Now, I won't put Gretchen on the spot, but I didn't really memorize our Vacation Bible School memory verse. Do any of you guys know it? Let, let your, you remember it? Let your light shine so others will see it. And when they see your good works, they will glorify God who is in heaven. So let your light shine 
through the good works that you do so that others will see those works and will glorify our Father who is in heaven. We don't do the good works because we're earning our right to be in a relationship with Christ. We do it out of joy and out of the pleasure and out of obedience and out of the sheer privilege of serving our Lord. Now for me, this past week has been a joy because I've been able to watch all of our folks volunteer and help. And that has really been fun for me. Um, I love just wandering around. That's why I missed the song. But wandering around and talking to folks and being encouraging. Folks have done a great job ministering for our Lord this past week, being lights to the kids and to their families. Everything from doing crafts to, to leading in the classroom to helping get people way too wet during a, a few of the days outside when we were doing games to helping clean up afterwards to doing all the snacks. And some folks even stuck around on Friday and made sure that this sanctuary was ready for us to worship our Lord today. All folks doing good works, being lights in the world that others may see and be drawn closer to Christ. Now, friends, sometimes we take on labels. Sometimes we take on somebody else's label. Sometimes we put the labels on ourselves. But it's only our Creator, our Lord, who can label us. And our God has labeled us fearfully and wonderfully created by him, unique and special. He's made us so that we can be in relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and he has made us so that we will do the works that he has asked us to do, not for our benefit, but draw others to see the light of Christ. So my question to you, what, what label are you taking on this morning? So please join with me in prayer. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for this wonderful Vacation Bible School week. We thank you for the hundreds of kids that participated and just how you led and guided every moment of it. Thank you for the lessons that were shared, the laughter and the joy and just the fun. But more importantly, thank you that you placed your spirit inside of so many of these kids this past week and inside of many of us. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I have to share one story. So we had our grandkids four-year-old, and I think he's seven now. I should know this. Birthdays just happened. And they were with us for five nights. It was absolutely a joy. And they're small enough that they sleep on air mattresses at the foot of our bed because they don't want to sleep by themselves. It's too scary. But one morning, my wife, Mary Kay, woke up to our four-year-old going, God made me, God made me, God made me, God made me. Now, isn't that what it's about? A preschooler picked up that critical aspect that he was made by God. That's an amen and a praise. Thank you.